0: Tonight uh, we're going to just pick up here in chapter eleven. We're going to focus on verses one through eighteen tonight, and uh, I think deal with something very important. We uh, we're picking up um, a few weeks ago. I think it was probably the Sunday before Easter. Uh, we were in Acts chapter ten, and there Peter was in Joppa, and uh, the Lord directed his heart to carry the gospel to the Gentiles in Caesarea. And if you'll remember, he had a vision and uh, the Spirit led him. We'll, we'll, we'll look at that again tonight. But that's where we pick up here in chapter 11. So let's all stand, if you would, please. And uh, I, I won't read all 18 verses to begin the message. We'll focus on the first few And then we'll pray and get in the word tonight. And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentest into men uncircumcised and did eat with them. You'll see on the slide... The title of the message tonight is Contentions Within the Church. And uh, we're going to look at that tonight. So, Father, we we thank you for allowing us to come back together tonight. We thank you, Lord, for a good service this morning. And I'm thankful for how, uh, really, the text messages and things that I received today of how you spoke and dealt with people's hearts individually. And uh, I pray that you would bless in our service tonight. And uh, we thank you for those who have come back together and realize this is kind of a holiday Sunday, uh, and there are probably others who have traveled and visiting with moms today. And uh, I, I pray, Father, that you would bless all of us as we have gathered together tonight. Bless your word. Help me to, help me to preach, and uh, help me to be a blessing and a help to our church. We pray this tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Someone was, uh, a visitor this morning was asking me about my boys, and uh, they, asked, they asked if they did a certain thing there at Brewer High School. They thought they'd seen them there, and they had the wrong kid. And uh, anyways, they, they asked me if I was athletic, and I said, do you, do you see this? Do I look athletic? And, and I just laughed, and I, I said, well, there was a time when I was athletic. I'm far from that now. And they just laughed, and I laughed, because it's the truth, but it's still funny. And uh, But, you know, I I go back to my days in sports, uh, because I learned a lot of life lessons. I, I learned a lot of things that I really, I mean, God wasn't the forefront of my mind in those days. And I really didn't realize everything that the Lord was teaching me about ministry during that time. Um, but I, uh, I, I played basketball up there at Buckhorn High School, and, uh, my, my first year, I remember as an eighth grader, I, I had, I had long hair, not quite like Garrett's, uh, but I had long hair, and, uh, my, my high school basketball coach was there a night that I received a reward, award, and, uh. And he walked up to me and my dad's standing right beside me, except this guy's about six foot eight. And I often tell this story. He walked up to me and he says, Congratulations, Mrs. Clemens. That's what he said, I kid you not. And he said, I don't know whether to call you Mr. or Mrs. without hair. And I just uh, yeah, uh, yes, sir. You know, I got my hair cut that week. And uh, and I knew he's about to be my ball coach and and I mean, you you were shipshape with him. You know, his 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 philosophy was: if you want to be seen, perform on the court. Don't don't stand out by by the way that you try to look different than everyone else. That was that was his philosophy. And uh, I played for him, and I, I remember asking, uh, "Well, when is tryouts? When do we when do we try out for the high school team?" And he just laughed, and he said, son, there are no tryouts. He says, if you can take it, you make it. And I did not know what I was about to get into. I kid you not. And, uh, well, I, I, I survived. I survived and, and uh, made it through that year. And uh, believe it or not, that coach was fired. They fired him uh, because of abuse of things. And that was in the 90s, so it had to be really bad in the 90s. Today it's not, not unusual, but in the 90s, in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, that was a big deal. And uh, we, were, we were a top 5-10 team in the state, and we got knocked out early in the state playoffs. And that was a disappointing year. And then my 10th grade, they, they moved up the girls coach. He had won a state championship with a girls team in my 8th grade year and they moved him to varsity, the varsity boys, and he coached us, and uh, we had a really good year. We finished number two in the state and uh, lost, by, uh, lost by two points in the state championship game, and uh, that was a lot of fun. And then came back our junior year, and uh, we were 13-1, and one, number one in the state, just coming out of Christmas break. And uh, my coach told us, he says, when we get back to the school, everybody stay on the bus. I need to talk to you. And uh, we got back to the school, and he told us that he was resigning the team. Turns out, the checks that our parents wrote for our tennis shoes and all that stuff, he cashed. And so he was forced to resign Even faced prosecution concerning that. So we're in the middle of the year, number one in the state, thirteen and one, and they bring in this guy who is who is a realtor in Madison County. He coached basketball like fifteen years earlier, and they got to find somebody just just like that to bring in. And so he became our coach, and uh, and we went we went sixteen and one. We finished 29-2. and two. Our only two losses was the Jack Doss's Butler team. And uh, we finished number one in the state that year. All right? One of the things that I learned through all of that was that we learned, we learned what a team was. We learned the value of team. Nobody on our team got big scholarships. Nobody on our team was very big. But we were all very close. And we thought alike. And we knew one another very well. And uh, we, we played United as a team. That junior year, we averaged 97 points a game. We scored 127 against Hazel Green. I mean, we put our, throat, we put our foot on their throat that year. That's, that's the preacher speaking right there, OK? Hazel Green was my rival. That, that's almost four points. A, that's almost four points a minute, BJ. I mean, we were rolling, and you can't, you can't do that and be an individual team. You can only do that if nobody's looking for the glory or the accolades. We're just, we're just looking to win, and we just wanted to beat you, and we just wanted to beat you bad. And it didn't matter who came off the bench, it was like another starter was in there. That was a great team. And so even when, when it came down and our coach, and we were pretty tore up because we were close to that coach, and uh, just let us down, and we were pretty upset, when, when most people would fold, we got stronger. Are you with me? I'm going somewhere with this, okay? I'm not just, I'm not just storytelling. We, we didn't, we could have folded, but we got stronger, and we became closer as a team. And as a team, we went and accomplished something that most kids would like to accomplish. My senior year came along, and it was my fourth coach now. And he was terrible, i just tell you. He was terrible. Did not, it was a, did not fit the system, did not. He come in, he, he had this Division I, you know, he, he coached out at Oregon, Oregon State, I believe it was, or Oregon. And he, he had to coach there, had on his resume that he coached this guy who went to the NBA. Um, but he was a terrible fit for us. And what happened, the team divided. And we were, we were not very good. The team divided. And everybody started looking at themselves. And I just got to where I hated basketball. I hated it. And my dream was to go play college ball. My dream was to be a high school basketball coach. That was my dream. But that, by that time, I hated it. And I, did, I could care less about it. And for years, I wouldn't even watch a game on TV. I would not even watch a game. It was just bad. Because division had set in. And you lost your love for what you were doing. Now, I thank God for that because I could be a basketball coach instead of Pastor Somerville Baptist. And, and I, might, I wouldn't have met my wife and uh, wouldn't have my kids. My life would be completely different. There is something about people working together with the same goal, the same thought, loving one another and a church loving Christ. Not, not looking at what we get for ourselves or the pat on the back, but we're looking at how we can make one another better encouraging one another helping one another and as a team doing something doing something worthy that we could never achieve by ourselves do y'all get the spiritual application there now here's the danger we've been noticing throughout the book of acts The different tactics that Satan uses to try to stop the furtherance of the gospel. In chapter number 10, the gospel is not now to the Jew only, now it is reaching the Gentile. The gospel is beginning now. It's been in Judea, it's been in Jerusalem, it's been in Samaria now it's beginning to work to the far reaches of the world, and the devil doesn't want that to happen. So he tries to put a stop to it. And who he uses to put a stop to, to try to put a stop to it is worthy of taking note. Because as we look here in verse number 1, now Gentiles have just been saved. They, they sent... They sent to Joppa to get Simon, Simon Peter. And Simon Peter made the 30-mile or so trip down to Caesarea. And he preaches the gospel and people get saved. And before he makes the 50-mile journey back to Jerusalem, word has already got there. The church has already heard what took place in Caesarea. And so we pick up in verse number 1. And the Bible says, And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him. What I am telling you is this. The apostles... And the brethren in the church at Jerusalem have a bone to pick with Peter. Not because people got saved. Look at their reason in verse number 3. Because he ate with them. Are you with me? Because he ate with them. It says in verse 3, saying, Thou wentest into men uncircumcised, and didst eat with them. There was a contention. And you're talking about spiritual leaders. You're talking about people who love the Lord. I'm not talking about some random church member. I'm talking about people who love the Lord, have a testimony of loving the Lord, have a testimony of seeing people get saved. And they're okay with the evidently they were okay with the gentiles getting saved. They didn't have a problem with them getting saved. Their problem was you went and sat down and ate with them. And so that is their contention. There is a prejudice if you would not between white and black but against us. Gentiles, us Not a Middle Eastern Not a Jew, not someone from Israel We're talking about a Gentile We're talking about a Roman We're talking about someone who had experienced the gospel of Christ Been filled with the Holy Spirit And so Peter sits down and eats with them And when he gets back to the church, they're saying What are you thinking? What are you doing with those people? And it is amazing. I'm not, listen, I'm not going to keep you very long tonight. It is amazing what we allow to cause conflict and contention in the local church. People are getting saved. Praise God. And then somebody over here comes to me and they've got a gripe about something, and I'm like, are you serious? Do you, do you not realize what kind of service we just had? Do you, do, you not, do you not recognize how the Spirit of God was moving today, and you want to come and you want to complain with me about that? And I'm telling you this tonight because all of us are susceptible to having that kind of spirit, all of us. It is the apostles and the brethren. I mean, Peter comes back, and I, I imagine—I don't know which apostles were there, but I imagine he was looking at John and saying, "John, you, you going to speak up? Maybe even his brother Andrew is there. A- Andrew, really?" you going to give me a hard time about that? Praise God, people just got saved. But spiritual, godly people who want to be used of the Lord and want to turn the world upside down can, can, can get sidetracked sometimes. And instead of having a conversation and saying, hey, let's sit down and talk about this, they're just going to get mad and contend with them to the point that we don't even want anything to do with you, Peter. We can't believe you did that. And what happens so many times in the local church, somebody gets up and somebody gets mad, and they think they know all the answers and they've got it. And so rather than going and talking to them and saying, listen, tell me me what's going on here. What was you thinking? Let me understand this. They just get mad, and there causes a conflict and a contention within the local church. And I'm going to tell you something. As we've been studying the book of Acts, Satan would love to have that kind of spirit in his church, he would love to have that kind of spirit in your home, and he would love to be divisive so that we get bitter and we get upset and we get hurt and we start talking this one about this one and and clicks begin to start and all of these things begin to happen to the point that we just lost sight. What the Lord's really wanting to do now is take the gospel to the far reaches of the world. But we're not going to do that because you're eating with somebody I don't really like. Are you with me? So there's a contention there. And he says in verse number 3, or verse number 4, Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning. So, we already read most of this in chapter number 10. The Lord adds just a little bit, a few details here in chapter 11 that's not mentioned in chapter 10. But let's let's read it together. So Peter tells them in verse 5, I was in the city of Joppa, what's the word? Praying. That's a good place to start. Peter wasn't acting on his own self-will and says, listen, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to start something completely new and different. I'm going to go rogue here for a little while. He doesn't do that. What Peter says here, I was in Joppa, and I was just praying. I was talking to the Lord, and the Lord began to do a work in my heart. He says in verse 5, and he says, I was praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. A certain vessel descend, as it had been a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners. And it came even to me, upon the which when I had fastened mine eyes, I considered and saw four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. And I said, Not so, Lord. For nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered in my mouth. Right then, I mean, he is giving them, this is what Leviticus chapter 11 says. Everybody he is speaking to there understood Leviticus chapter 11. They understood what the word of God taught. And so he's taking them and he says, listen. He says, I get this vision, the Lord's dealing in my heart. And I said, listen, I can't do that, Lord. Leviticus chapter 11 says, I can't touch anything unclean. But the voice answered me in verse 9, again from heaven, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. And this was done three times. And all were drawn up again into heaven. And behold, immediately there were three men already come into the house where where I was sent from Caesarea unto me. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. So Peter, in his testimony, says, Listen, I was praying about this. And the Lord was doing a work in my heart that I did not understand. His understanding of the Scripture was saying, I can't do this. But, there was, but the testimony of the Spirit of God within him was saying, Go. And he took, in verse 12, six brethren who accompanied him and they entered into this man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Look in chapter number 10 and and look there in verse number, uh, look at at verse 2. Speaking of a devout man, Cornelius one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always, he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? I mean, Peter gets here and Cornelius is saying, listen, listen, I I don't know what's going on myself, but I know this, I was right, I mean, I was right here. This is where I was, Peter. I was standing right here, And an angel appeared. And I didn't get all excited and super spiritual. I was scared out of my mind. I was terrified. I was afraid. And I just said, Lord, what is it? What what do you want me to do? And the Lord said, there's there's this preacher up the road in Joppa by the name of Simon. I, I want you to send some men to go get him. And he's going to come and tell you what you need to hear. And because the Spirit of God was leading Peter, Peter still, remember, doesn't understand every detail, but he's willing to follow the Lord. And in verse 14, the Lord told Cornelius, he says, Who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. Go back to chapter 10, just a refresher. Look at verse 34. Okay, this is what Peter preaches. He's got it ready to go. Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God hath sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say, you know which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were possessed of the devil, for God was with him, and we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people, and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness, that through his name, the name of Jesus, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. All men All women can be saved. As Peter would later write, that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but that he is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. The gospel is for all men. He presented the gospel here to these Gentiles. And you go back to chapter 11, and you pick up in verse 15. Peter didn't offer an invitation he didn't say, everyone bow your heads and let's, pl- let's play three verses of Just I, As I Am. As he spoke, these individuals believed the gospel and the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Go to, go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, he is speaking to his followers. And he told them in verse 4, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. And in chapter 2, they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke in tongues where men of other languages could understand and hear the gospel. And here in Acts chapter 11, in verse 15, the Holy Ghost in a like manner fell upon the Gentiles. And Peter remembered what the Lord had said. That John baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And it was a sign unto those believers that the Holy Spirit was now, was now placed upon the Gentiles as well. And so Peter testifies. He just tells them listen, I didn't know what God was doing in my life either. I didn't know what God was doing, I just followed the Lord. I was praying. The Lord began to show me some things and began to really work in my heart and my spirit. There were some things about his word, and God just, just began to do a work there. I know that I'm I'm not supposed to be eating with Gentiles. I know that. But God was directing my heart differently. And so I just followed the Spirit. And I just went with the Lord. And when I had the opportunity, I shared the gospel. And guess what? Those people got saved. And so in verse 17, For as much then as God gave them the light gift as he did unto us, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? That's a great question. Who am I? It was God doing the work. And the people's response in verse 18, God willing, should be our response. When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then God, then God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Amen? Sometimes... People may do something that you don't understand. Maybe they say something that you don't understand. A good teammate, a good family member doesn't let that get between them. You'll help me close out if you'll say amen and get this, okay? Get what I'm saying here. There's a lot better Christians than me who did a lot greater things for the Lord than I ever have that aren't serving God today because they let something get in the way. We're not talking about new believers here. We're talking about people who's known to walk with Jesus Christ. And they say, Peter, what are you doing? Peter says, what? Well, I'm, I'm just following the Lord. I'm just following the Lord. And may we never think so highly of ourselves that we think we're too good to sit down and eat with somebody different than us. Amen? Amen. The Lord wants all people to be saved. Be careful what soapbox you want to stand on and start preaching on. And what agenda you want to take on. Because it's very possible you close people off to the gospel. You proved your point. We all know where you stand. But there's a whole lot of people that don't want anything to do with your Jesus because of it. Amen, amen, and amen. I'll close with this. Everyone everyone knows who Gandhi is. Okay. World leader in India. In his early days and getting his education, he was studying in England. Someone gave him a Bible, and he began to read the gospel. And he became very interested in Christianity. And he really felt like that was when he, what he was studying and what he understood about Christianity and Christ and the Gospels. He felt like that was the answer to the caste system in India. And so he made a decision to attend a local church there in England. And he wanted to get with the, the preacher, the pastor. And he wanted to be enlightened Concerning the topic of salvation and the doctrines that are taught in the local church. But when he came in the door, the usher didn't like, like his appearance. And so the ushers in the crowd who were supposed to, had the responsibility of finding him a seat and welcoming him into the church said, We don't want you here. You go amongst your own people. You go somewhere else. And Gandhi left that service that day thinking, well, if Christianity has its own caste system, I'll just stick with being a Hindu. He says, I like your New Testament. I like your Christianity, I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. Love one another, encourage one another, help one another. None of us will ever always agree all the time with one another, right? It's just not going to happen. But don't get caught up in being allowed to be a dividing part of a church. That you become a part of a team that you don't even want to be a part of anymore. And you lose your taste for it. And you lose your heart for it. And you cause other people to do the same thing. Because you weren't willing to have a conversation to find out what God is doing. Amen? Love one another. Love one another. And may we come back together. May we come back together and give glory to God. Praise the Lord those people got saved. Amen? We'll shout together. We'll shout together. We'll shout together. Let's all stand.